Hello, and welcome to the Maiden to Mother podcast. My name is Natalie Bailey, and I'm thrilled you're here. Transitioning from the youthful years of maidenhood to the divine role of motherhood is an arduous journey, one of transformation, of growth, of beauty, and of chaos. In this space, we connect with women and professionals to hear their personal and witnessed experiences of women taking this amazing journey from maiden to mother. Oh, hello, friends. I am so excited to be back for part two of this investigation into the mother archetype and continuing to break down um, her elements, her different, uh, as I've said before, dynamic dimensions and all that she embodies within her being and her expression in this life. Um, I was shocked um, that this mother archetype um, episode ended up being, or segment I should say, ended up being two episodes. I was not planning on that. Um, but that's the beauty of an expressive and creative outlet like this, right? Is that you let it really flow and, and be what it will be and uh, blossom into exactly the expression that it needs to be for our world. So uh, part two of the mother archetype um, is here and upon us. And, um, you know, following up from part one, um, after even going back and listening to it myself and um, trying to make sure that what was expressed here was uh, authentic and connected to what we had previously discussed, um, I realized how um, in our first part, we really dove into um, the details of the mother archetype and all the different attributes and characteristics that we give to her. Um, but one thing that I think is why we have part two now is um, really diving deeper into the transition itself. And we touched on that with surrender and birth and such in part one, but um, specifically the postpartum period that I know is so tremendously overwhelming and um, transformative for so many women. It is not to be overlooked that Becoming a mother um, in the birth process is obviously very grand and um, magnanimous in a lot of ways, but it's the days, weeks, months, and years after that grand entrance um, where we really see women um, either surrender to the magnitude of it all or surrender to the weight of it all. One aspect of postpartum that is not discussed in this um, maiden to mother transition is that while we obviously know and see and witness um, oftentimes a um, birth, we also at the same time without realizing it um, are witnessing and experiencing a death. And um, we know that both of these things have to exist simultaneously in our world. They are our symbols of light and dark, of joy and sorrow, of yin and yang, of chaos and order. And um, 
but we we simply have started to focus on the birth and i believe it is the lack of honoring of death in this transition that is causing um, the anxiety and depression and uh, angst that we are seeing in the feminine um, as mothers, as women transition into mothers. And so let me explain what I mean by the death. So throughout a pregnancy or the development of you know this idea or goal, however you have transitioned into motherhood, you have this time in which you are really hashing out what works and what doesn't work for you, what you will allow and what you will not allow into your life. It is a stage of tremendous planning and organizing and reshaping and reconfiguring um, the reality in which you exist, right? So um, for example, in pregnancy, I mean, we are now learning for many women, we are learning about our bodies in a way that we never fully understood, which is a whole other topic that should be discussed as well. Why we're waiting until pregnancy to learn about our reproductive system and organs is a little bit nutty, but again, a side note. But in pregnancy, we're learning and, and reteaching ourselves um, you know, what all the knowledge and wisdom that we need to have to become a good mother, right? How do we how do we make our bodies feel better in pregnancy? How do we do what's best for our babies while in utero? And and then when they're here, what kind of things should we have prepared already for them? Um, you know, it's even simple things as who should their pediatrician be? Uh, it's not very simple, I suppose, but you know, getting this this list of to-do things and checking them off in preparation for this transition, right? So we are women are the um, the plan the weavers, right? And this is what we do in pregnancy or in a time of cultivating and nurturing and growing something. Um, and that is a very, very important part of transitioning from maiden to mother is this, this planning and prepping period. And a lot of times you'll see near the end of pregnancy as birth becomes more um, imminent is this idea of nesting, right? You see women really getting grounded in their home and trying to um, cultivate a space that is um, comforting and peaceful and um, prepared for this transition. And so it's fascinating if you really think about it, we inherently um, start our transition from maiden to mother um, in like completely instinctually. We know we have certain things to do. And of course, culture teaches us um, what things are important and what aren't. And that can be a whole other episode too about what we really should be focusing on during this transition. But um, we it's inherent. It's in us. It's our maternal instinct that we begin to prepare our lives to now um, honor and hold space for a brand new soul in our lives and in our world. And that is huge and should not be overlooked. Um, and it's that preparation up until the actual delivery of this new soul or new idea that um, makes this death that we see that much more difficult, right? And so what I mean by that is there is a death in that, in the moment that we release our child or idea into the world, we realize now it is no longer purely ours to possess, number one. And number two, we recognize that the life we had even moments 
before that baby or idea was released is completely gone. And in no way will it ever return to the way that it used to be. Life from this point forward is completely new. It is unpaved for us in many ways. Yes, we can absolutely say that we have collective knowledge and information and, um, and wisdom about how to be a mother and what things are good and when things are suboptimal for our babies and for ourselves. We have all this knowledge, sure, but nobody has lived as a mother in our vessel, in our mind, and with our soul and spirit. So the path ahead of us, while it may be Let's just envision it as a brick road with weeds on it, right? There is a, a, an agreed upon healthy path for uh, the expression of the mother archetype in our lives, but it's we have to go through and prioritize the direction on that path we want to go. And if we want to go more to the left or more to the right or find the middle ground or, or, or however you want to interpret clearing this path for ourselves, we are the only ones that are fully and intimately connected to this baby besides our partner who helped in the birth process um, in any way, shape, or form, that knows this soul the way that we do, and we are now navigating and experiencing this role of motherhood through our individual lens. And that's where I think that we start to veer a little bit in the in an unhealthy way socially in that... Um, I find that many of our sisters in motherhood, they find a cause, myself included, right? I would not be doing this if I did not believe that there was something of value to bringing to attention um, this transition of maiden to mother, of moving from a life before children or a business or goal to life after and how drastically different those are. I have that cause. I believe in it. And there are many of those out in this world, right, that are fantastic and should be um, highlighted. But it is the attachment to this idea that what we believe to be um, good for our babies and for our world and for every mother is not always possible or attainable or even part of someone's radar in the same way simply because every single one of us as women and as men moving into fatherhood have taken a unique path of individual moments, memories, experiences, traumas, joys that have brought us to this role of mother and father. And so to then try to uh, make this outlandish claim that we know what is right for every woman and every baby, I don't know, we have to step back just a little bit from that and recognize that we are all so beautifully unique and different and our roles and paths through motherhood, while we can help by coming together as a collective community and sharing our knowledge, we also have to recognize that in doing so, we offer what we can and then we have to let it be. Um, but I digress. So um, coming back to this idea of death, in you know, I, I'm as I'm speaking of this, I'm envisioning um 
so many women. I, I was a birth doula for three years. I helped 30 families bring um, children into the world. I wish I could do it more. And I wish I had had the capacity to do more because it was um, the most amazing experience of my life. But I'm envisioning several moms um, specifically that had uh, just magical deliveries. And I remember seeing in their face, and it may even get me teary-eyed here, I remember seeing in their face that that shift of, oh my God, my life is new again. I am starting over. This is amazing. Look at this beautiful being that I have yearned for for nine months now in my arms and I get to nurture and hold this baby. And at the same time, even if there is pure joy, there is a small fragment in their expression and in their eyes that recognizes, again, the magnitude of this transition of, oh my gosh, the life I have known up until this very moment is now changed forever. And in some cases, when mommies have, mommies, gracious, when mothers have um, more babies, you know, second, third, fourth, you still see that death occurring, this this acknowledgement of, wow, the way that I've been leading my life up until this point no longer exists because now I have another responsibility. I have a new task and a new role for this soul in addition to the other roles that I'm playing. And that recognition and that honoring of that death is where I think that we actually, um, in a way, I hate to use this word, but we fail our mothers and we fail ourselves as women um, in that we don't prioritize ourselves enough in the postpartum period to allow that, that to be healed and acknowledged, which I believe subsequently then helps our bonding with our children and then can lower levels of stress hormones and help breastfeeding. And I mean, all these things are so greatly connected and intertwined. It's, it's really, it's really unbelievable. Um, and so this mother archetype, she comes into existence in, um, an experience, a situation where there are two completely opposite, um, lenses being used to view reality the lens of death and the lens of birth and how that can be jarring on so many levels. And I don't mean jarring in that, you know, we recognize, oh my gosh, I'm not going to sleep the same anymore. I'm not going to have the same freedoms that I had. Those are all in and out of themselves, extremely jarring. Um, but I mean, even on a just psychological level of recognizing, oh my gosh, now I am responsible for teaching this soul how to navigate our world and this journey we call life. I am responsible for teaching him about, or her, about love and sacred aspects of life and um, where I think there becomes a lot of anxiety and depression around this transition is it's likely in our maiden stages, we still have not quite solidified the answers to those problems in our own lives. So how then can we properly 
teach those to another soul. That right there is enough to just absolutely crack and shake your foundation to its core. In essence, it's the death of who you are and who you thought you would be. The, it, it is in a way um, the death of a dream. And I do not mean that in a super negative way as much as it may sound like that. It is the death of a dream in that for nine months or fill in the blank however long we have been waiting for this transition into motherhood, we have been projecting out into our mind's eye and into you know the universe what we think and what we want and what we believe things will look like. And then there's this moment of awakening where we realize, oh man, everything we wanted and hoped would come true can still 100% come true, but there are things that I didn't account for or that I know and recognize now are out of my control and now I have to manage that. So scary stuff, I know, with all of that. And um, I think where we need to head now with this is how can I uh, prevent this in some way or how can I um, perhaps know that this transition is going to be revealing to me in many ways and how can I best prepare or at least um, solidify some form of a foundation or the beginnings of such that when this grand transition happens for me, I feel secure and I feel grounded, um, loved, supported, um, all of those things that really ensure we can um, kind of transform and grow in a healthy manner. And that's honestly what uh, the catalyst was for this podcast of sharing stories and um, recognizing and knowing that we can't all navigate this reality in the same way. We can't have every life experience on our own. It's virtually impossible. So how do we uh, navigate this reality as best as possible? Well, we learn from one another. We glean wisdom from those who have had experiences that we haven't had yet, right? And one of the best things that we can do for ourselves is really cultivate community. Um, and that, ladies, and if there are gentlemen listening as well, hello, um, but that is on you to do. I cannot tell you how many times I, as a doula and a birth worker, have spoken with women about the importance of not only education and all those things, but the importance of leaving the home and branching out. And um, even in pregnancy, I would say it's even more important um, prioritizing meeting women that are in your same situation or um, even at the same time of pregnancy and really starting to build that village before you transition, before you uh, begin your journey into this mother archetype so that then you have sisters to turn to when hardships come. And there is nothing more 
reinforcing and almost rejuvenating to hear from a fellow mom and woman um, that they are experiencing what you're experiencing. It takes away this illusion of I'm crazy. I'm, I'm the one who's failing here. I'm the one who doesn't know what they're doing. I'm the, the novice and I am going to fuck this all up. Right. Uh, it really helps to have that. And then on the same token, seeking out those women that you love and greatly admire or respect that have already had children um, and hearing their stories and be mindful that those stories you receive or those stories that are offered to you come with a little bit of nostalgia and can um, greatly impact your new view of this role. And um, I would like to say that just be mindful of the energy that you allow to um, penetrate you or to influence you in any way while you are um, coming upon this, uh, this journey into motherhood. Energy is, um, I know, such a woo-woo thing. Uh, my ex-husband always you know, made fun of me for uh, believing in Reiki and all those things, these energies unseen, but I tell you what, you hear stories um, and just even words themselves are vibrations and they impact us and they make an imprint whether we want them to or not in some cases. And so as you are cultivating your village and creating your community and beginning to surround yourself with people, make sure that what they are contributing to your life is real and honest but also inspirational, uplifting, and supportive. Um, the saying misery loves company is not something that, uh, we, uh, you know, that we steer away from birth and pregnancy. It is totally here. There is a, a very funny phenomenon of sharing birth stories where uh, I think women who have had experiences that were less than what they needed and wanted uh, find some solace and peace and even in an odd way some comfort sharing that um, misfortune and negativity with other women um, maybe to validate that what they went through was difficult or or I don't know I, I don't want to pretend to impose my own beliefs on what other people share uh, but I do find it fascinating that women even such as myself that have had um, traumatic births, but also absolutely transformative and uh, divine births in, in so many ways, feel that they can't share. It's almost like it's a bad thing uh, to have had a birth that is peaceful and calm and, and beautiful. It's almost a badge of honor a lot of times in motherhood to uh, struggle. And I find that to be, um, I don't even know how to describe that. I find that to be very detrimental. It's a very uh, masculine aspect of, uh, of things, of the struggle is real, you know, it's the rat race, you fill in the blank with all of the cliches that say that life is hard and if you're not having a hard go of it, then you must not be doing it right, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, birth is no exception to this. 
Pregnancy is no exception to this. Motherhood is no exception to this. All of those things, uh, conception, pregnancy, birth, motherhood, are very difficult at times. Um, but there's no one passing out a badge or awards or honors to those women who struggle the most or who um, go through the most heartache and suffering. It, when you are creating this village, and again, it is your responsibility to do so for yourself, just be mindful of the power of energy transfers and those people that you are allowing to influence your vision and filter and perspective of becoming a mother. Um, so yeah, I think that the focus here is while the beginning of this episode really focused on some of the, we'll just say darker aspects of becoming a mother, there are so many amazing resources and opportunities out there for women to help make this transition easier not necessarily more beautiful or the easiest or anything of that nature, but it is, uh, this is a call to action, I would say more or less to women to really start to, start to take responsibility and ownership of your transition into motherhood. We live in a society where um, obstetrics and gynecology is predominantly a male uh, occupation, which is very fascinating to me. And again, could be a whole other episode on its own and probably will. Um, so for us to then expect women to transition easily into motherhood without some trepidation and fear when they have only been kind of, I don't know, introduced into motherhood through a masculine lens in terms of the physical aspects of birth and delivery and even conception and pregnancy, um, it's no wonder that we have some difficult times and we, um, we don't always understand what it is we're feeling within versus what we have been taught without. Um, so yeah, that's where I think that we really need to start to see shifts. And the good news is we are seeing it. It is out there, ladies. There are um, so many incredible, incredible birth workers and light workers and self-healers and psychologists and people that really understand how vital it is that our mothers and women are taken care of in a very, very, very supportive way. Because ultimately, um, you know, I and many other people I know believe that the world will be a better and safer place to be if mothers are returned back to the forefront. And not even the forefront, but almost the center of things. Um, there is an old Native American saying that um, women have stopped um, offering their blood back to the earth, so men feel they need to offer theirs instead. And we know that the way men offer their blood is through war and conflict. And women, we used to offer our blood through red tents and through ceremonies of uh, releasing through our menstrual and moon cycles. And um, in this case of transitioning, we can apply that kind of idea. We have no longer prioritized our own mental health, our own self-care, our own um, internal investigation and spirituality 
our own uh, relationship with our emotions or even our relationship with our own parents and specifically our own mother. We no longer make those a massive priority as I believe we should um, because it is from those who have lived before us whether or not we deeply agree with everything they say or the decisions and choices they have made in their life to lead them to where they lie um, there is something to be said from learning from others and from uh, valuing our elders and those who have experienced things um, before us or differently than us in some way. So um, yeah, that's I, I, I realized that I started this episode kind of with like a problem and a doom and gloom and I did not want to end on that note. I wanted it to be more of a light and positive um, ending before we um, wrap up this mother archetype. Um, so I, I hope that this has been in some way enlightening, giving you something to uh, move towards. And um, depending on where you are in the United States or the world as you're listening, um, please don't hesitate to reach out to me and ask for resources in your area um, or on your own, start to seek out people that can help you. So starting in preconception, see if you can find some fertility groups. Even if you're not even worried necessarily about your own fertility yet, it's not a bad thing to start to um, invite women and community into your life centered around conceiving a child and maybe hearing some um, positive and suboptimal transitions into conceiving so that you know the gamut of experiences and um, possibilities before you even start this journey. And then subsequently with pregnancy and birth and motherhood, please know that there are always, always groups around, even if they are just virtual and online, that you can join where women are coming together and holding space for one another and really learning the value of nurturing one another as sisters and coming together rather than segregating and isolating and trying to prove our strength through um, independence and this need to uh, do it all ourselves. So um, yes, next week um, in episode five, we will begin our series of interviews. And oh friends, I cannot even tell you how excited I am for you to hear from these amazing women that I have gotten to speak with about their journey from maiden to mother. And um, with nothing more here, I wish you the absolute best of days to come. I want to thank you for spending part of your day here with us. Hopefully you have found some new inspiration, strength, and courage to move forward on your journey. Until we connect again, I see you and I love you.